Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor. And then you decide for yourself. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. As always, I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. This is episode number 56, Mystic Manifestations. And today I have an amazing guest. I'm so pumped and excited that he's here with me, Mr. Andy from the Deep Share Podcast. How in the hell are you doing? What up? Thanks for having me on, Janet. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. You you make your rounds. You're on the Union of the Unwanted a lot. You have your own podcast, the Deep Share Podcast, which is amazing, by the way. Thank you. And so, you know, I was so excited to to have you on here after I saw you on Legit Bat. Shout out. Woo! What's up, my dudes? Um, I was like, oh, man. Like him and I could have a really amazing conversation. Hell yeah, absolutely. And those guys rule. By the I way. love them. They're my yeah. spirit animals. <laughs> and I like that. I like that they are our connection. You know what exactly. I mean? I yep. like that. And I'm finding so many synchronicities keep happening surrounding podcasters meeting other podcasters. I'm hearing exactly. it from other podcasters. It's happening to me. It's crazy. It's a beautiful it's- thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's such a like loving, welcoming community. And like everybody is so cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've had nothing but positive experiences in the four or five months that I've been putting myself out there and doing this. And it's just been a great experience so far. So that's how long you've been doing your show? Uh, so yeah, like, I think February was like when I had my first episode i I don't know i'd have to look back i can't remember it's not like it's funny i don't remember it like a special date like this was my first time (laughs) but i'll have to look somewhere this was was when i had my cherry popped (laughs) (laughs) i won't even say the name but i did have a podcast before this but it was like i think we released two episodes it was me and a guest. It was a good friend who, and we're awesome as friends, but just as co-hosts, it just didn't work out. So I was like, I'm never <laughs> doing this again. And I, I put it all away for a while, you know, <laughs> it just kept begging me to come back. The, my, my consciousness was like, do it, do it. So what made you decide to start the one that you have now, the deep share podcast? I, um, well, it's, it's basically the same reason why I wanted to start the first one. Um, my friend just took the words out of my mouth first. was like, let's do a podcast. And I was like, holy shit, this must be fate because he said it first. And I was thinking it, man. And we were already talking about synchronicities and that being the theme. <laughs> so it just was all falling into place. And, and this suddenly became not 
the conversation that really started the podcast between him and I, but it was this thing that had been growing in me for like 20 years. And I was starting to use this, uh, you know, this first podcast with my friend as like a vehicle for this before I realized what I was kind of doing. And eventually it just became clear that I had to do it on my own. And so I just thought up an idea and started uh, reaching out to some people and having some conversations. And eventually it, it just started up as a thing, but yeah, this shit's been brewing in me for like 20 years. And I just, finally feel like there's enough of a community out there to make it worth it for me. Like years and years ago, I felt very much alone, you know, back in like 2001, 2002, when there wasn't much internet in the way that there is today. And there was far less community, especially ours, you know? Right. Right. So, you know, just like a lot of us, we were, you know, without a place to go kind of mm-hmm. um, the only thing that I can see from the past, like 15, 20 years that like felt like it was going to be something was the zeitgeist movement. If you're familiar with that movie or, or any of that, it's um, are you familiar so, with that? T- tell listeners about that because I'm sure there's a lot of people and my listening audience that don't know what that is. Okay. So Zeitgeist is, is funny. My friend, one of my good friends found it and showed it to me when he was looking for the new Smashing Pumpkins album that year with the same name. <laughs> and so he illegally downloaded both of them. And uh, we watched, he watched like 15 minutes of this documentary and called me. He was like, dude, I had to stop. I had to back it up. You have to come over and watch this. This is too much. This is too much. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And it was back in 2008, I think. And so, you know, 9-11 had been just kind of sizzling for a long time at that point. I mean, it was it was just nuts at that point with everything. And um, so this movie is basically uprooting uh, a lot of people out of the comfort zone from religion to, you know, modern economics and politics and basically everything that your listeners listen to this was like baby food if you go back and watch the first zeitgeist film now first of all there's a lot of inaccuracies and there's a lot of uh putting the wrong things with the wrong you know that like especially the religious side of it he kind of there's there's more to it now your audience would play with this like a toy. It's so it's, it's and no offense to Zeitgeist because Zeitgeist woke a lot of people up and it, it did a lot of good. And Peter Joseph, the director, you should definitely look into because he's doing really incredible things. You know, a lot of, a lot of what he's doing is kind of projecting our ideas, the ideas that this entire community um, has collectively, you know, that's, the society is run by psychopaths and it needs to be changed that general philosophy. And he projects it into the future. And what would it look like if we finally won? You know what I mean? He's, he made a documentary recently about that. I know I'm trailing off of zeitgeist, but you know, find out for yourself. It's basically like baby food for the conspiracy mind, you know, which is always a good thing. And people are always looking for something new Mm-hmm. Uh, to watch. That's one of the questions that uh, we get all the time. Like, 
what kind of uh, documentaries or movies or, you know, whatever do we watch? Mm -hmm. Are there any books that we like, which I, me personally, like people may laugh at this, but I cannot stand to sit down and read a book. (laughs) It's not relaxing to me by any way, shape or form. Um, because I'm somebody that that constantly has to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And so for me to like sit down, like I can sit down to research for a show because it's something that interests me, but books don't. But I love to watch movies and documentaries and things like that. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, there's a lot of great documentaries out there. And there's, uh, there's some damn good movies that, I've been like disenchanted over, unfortunately. It's like, I feel like my entire favorite genre has been like one big psyop over the past 40 years. <laughs> that being like sci fi and right. horror, too. You could go into horror and say, Oh, oh look yeah, at all I the fear. Look at all the fear they're putting into people. And like, yeah, I totally get that. But maybe if we're outside of the programming, we're allowed to enjoy it, right? <laughs> Yeah. And that's the funny thing because that's our favorite is like horror movies Mm -hmm. and like we'll sit down to watch a horror movie and, you know, of course they always get really crappy reviews on Rotten Tomato and all those other things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but you know, usually the shittier the score, like the better the movie is when we watch it. (laughs) (laughs) But like nothing scares me. We just laugh. Like we watched something yesterday and it was like, you know, uh, it's a series that uh, Hulu has okay. that's called Into the Dark, and it has a ton of different episodes, and every episode is different. Oh, cool. Um, and it's like one of them, you know, they got trapped in an elevator and, you know, things that went on there. But we were watching this one yesterday, and it was so funny because it, it's kind of like, you know, those commercials, I think it was a progressive commercial. It's like, you know, people running from this murder or whatnot, and then they go and they hide behind the chainsaws. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing that this movie was yesterday. And I'm like, did that seriously just happen? Like <laughs> they seriously like just went down to a basement. <laughs> whatever it was like we just laugh at stuff like that like it doesn't affect my psyche whatsoever right because right. i think it's funny i think there's just some of us and i i love this this is my favorite part of this that i love horror movies i'm a death metal head oh me too <laughs> yeah me too fantastic man that's great to hear dude um i i you know i thought i was the only one i've had a couple people reach out to be like, dude, I love that you love metal. I'm like, yeah, because it's, it gets such a bad rap, just like the movies do because it's like, you know, Oh, it's satanic programming and stuff. It's like, really? Cause they're talking about expanding consciousness and like the music that I'm listening to, uh, you know, it's, it's because, you know, there's always a mainstream version to everything. Like you right. were talking about the ratings of horror movies, but then you look at the ratings of like the conjuring series or some right. other, like five star, huge megaton movie that's coming out to literally put fear into you. So I think there's like a, a very degree there, right? You know, right. we can we can kind of see where it's like some of it's being pushed by like some of the biggest players, you know, where all the reviews are great for like something like The Conjuring or something like that. But it's the right. gritty, the 
the real, the fucking metal horror movies that that really get trashed. You know what I mean? The Thing, yeah. my favorite one. I'm wearing a directed by John Carpenter shirt right now. That's, I mean, that's that's what world I live in. And I know I'm sure to some I'm brainwashed into falling into the, you know, the apocalypse trilogy or whatever, but. I love his movies and right. You know what I mean? So the thing got completely trashed and it was put on the same weekend as ET. So, I mean, like I love talking about the mimicry that the establishment or whatever we want to call them love to put right over the good solid. I mean, nothing against ET, but that was, again, that was a huge Spielberg, massive money went into it. That was the movie they wanted you to watch. Whereas Carpenter at the time, say whatever you want, that he's some Illuminati guy. Like, I know people sometimes say that kind of stuff. <laughs> like Spielberg's uh, not. <laughs> well, so, yeah, exactly. Right. But like, so, I mean, he, you got to look at Carpenter and go, oh, okay, well, he was the underdog in that situation. He was the one that didn't get his film out. And like, it came out against E.T. and it got trashed by Siskel and Ebert, you know, it they're it's, retarded anyway. They were, and, I thought they were the worst reviewers ever. And like the movies that they loved, we absolutely hated. Like, all right. the time. that's Never always failed. the case. And I yeah. thought I was wrong when I was younger. I was always just like, well, I guess my opinion is just way off to what's real. And man, that's what they want you to think. Right. And that's when psychedelics just blew the doors open. You know what I mean? So, so tell me. Tell me like about that and like what made you decide to number one, try that. <laughs> Let's start there. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. Because I usually would say that I would just, you know, I, I ever did everything intentionally at that time in my life. I was, you know, 17, 18, that era, and was just doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Cause I came from a strict background, not a bad background, a very good background, but strict and, and very classic roles and stuff, you know, a good American family. Our parents were programmed to be so perfect. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mine were, mine were very strict. Um, my family was military. So it was like mm -hmm. <clears throat> very, very strict and very scheduled and, you had a scheduled bedtime, you had scheduled chore times, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then, of course, it didn't help because I went to Catholic school. So, yeah. Mm, I went to. And that's that's why I am the way I am today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have military background, but I did go to two years of Catholic high school. Yeah. And that was a trip. Yeah. I mean, that was very culty for sure. Um, but, but um, yeah. I forgot what I was See, saying. I went to school <laughs> when the nuns were still there. Oh, man. And so, yeah, like, I'm This was very... an all school, so I think I would have seen nuns had I been in a... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, you would have You would have had the priests. <laughs> we did. Luckily, I got out of there I had a priest in more ways than one. No, I'm kidding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a joke, people. Thank yeah, God. so, like, the, the nuns were... Um, yeah, like I broke my arm <laughs> one time and of course I'm right-handed mm -hmm. and of course I broke my right arm and so I had it in a cast and so they made me learn to write with my left hand 
And oh my God, I used to get the shit beaten out of my hand with the ruler constantly because my handwriting was awful from my left hand. And I'm like, well, duh, because like my left hand doesn't know how to communicate with my brain to actually write a sentence out. So yeah. Yeah. Man, that's that was back in the day and the paddles. Yeah, they used to use paddles. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I've heard many stories about paddles. I don't think I was too far behind you because the it wasn't that, but it was pretty close. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so gosh, where was I with this? Did you get a belt on your arse? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, there was no. So, luckily, luckily, I was I'm young enough where the physical touch at all was was off limits thank oh goodness. see i'm i'm obviously way older than yeah <laughs> it was still okay to beat the crap out of your kids and stuff so right yeah. right yeah that's pretty horrible okay so back to it so you yeah. decided you were just gonna do what you yeah. wanted to do yeah it was you know it was the classic story of the um you know, kind of like rejecting the upbringing and finding my own path, you know, just the rebellious teenager thing. But, you know, oh, gee, you read Joseph Campbell and come to find out. It's like, oh, I was basically just on the hero's path, you know, and I just had no idea. You know, I was on my way out to find something much bigger than I had ever imagined I would find, I guess you could say. So um, like, like, what were you like, what were you hoping to gain out of it? Or did you even know what to expect? Okay. So I'll just set the stage that I was, you know, smoking pot all the time. And, you know, that was kind of my, my thing. I was always just open to ideas and I was starting, I think that was the first marijuana was the gateway, not to a bad thing, but to opening myself up to actual the ability to judge for myself, as weird as that sounds, um, marijuana was like an inkling for me that I actually had a lot more control than I thought I did, which is kind of the opposite of what you'd hear, I guess, from drugs in general or even marijuana because you're supposed to be in that very relaxed, subdued state and letting it flow and stuff. But I felt at a young age, compared to my upbringing, this was freedom. This was mm-hmm beauty it was art it was i was able to see things and i don't know i came to life i guess but so when i decided to do mushrooms it was a friend of mine had done them already and another friend had said hey we can get some and i said okay well my two friends here have done it i'm in a safe place i've only heard pleasant things so far but i have no idea I mean, my mind was very, like, very much closed still. I was relaxed because of weed and started to kind of distrust my, you know, my parents telling me weed was bad or, or the government saying it. Like, I had inklings. I was listening to Rage Against the Machine all the time. So it was there just like it is with everybody, even the people that are asleep. You know, it was there on that level. So when I had my first psilocybin experience, um, that was completely, it was childhood all over again. It was, I guess you could call it heaven because it was just a state that completely tore me away from my previous life. It lasted centuries when it felt great and it lasted shorts amount of time when I needed to get to 
a new thought. I was dancing across thoughts as if they were endless fields, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was trippy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best so, way I put it in a while, too. Do you, do you feel like... Um, like you achieved what you wanted to achieve or what you were hoping to achieve? What I was hoping to achieve was a new experience. And that was literally it. So I surpassed that by eons and millennia and miles or whatever, because I didn't. So first of all, I wasn't interested in religion whatsoever. My parents raised me technically Protestant. We went to church here and there, but the understanding at my age with the most of the kids, even the ones that still probably take their kids to church, the understanding was this isn't real, but we're doing it anyway. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Because maybe, you know, that's what's expected. Sure. Sure. Or it's, it's just part of part of life. I guess this is a stiff part of life where you have to dress nicer and sing songs you don't really know or like or understand. And that's great. But that was it for me. That's literally it. Other than that, I was kind of a jock. I loved baseball. I still love baseball. I just, you know, organized sports turned me off pretty fast. After yeah, all me this too. Stuff, you know, but yeah. um, the point was that I had no interest in anything intellectual as a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old, pretty much. I mean, I may have been dancing on the surface of something that I didn't know I, I, where I was near it. But yeah, it, nothing, nothing at all. This experience suddenly made me understand whole genres of life that I had paid absolutely no attention to and gave no credence to. I knew that there was a guy on a cross and that he died and that we're supposed to worship him because he's supposed to be God's son. And that was, that was the extent, man. That, that's, that's it. And then this all happened to me and suddenly religion was the most fascinating thing in, in the world to me, along with science that I never gave two shits about beyond like tornadoes are cool. And Bill Paxton was in a movie. <laughs> that was the extent of that. Too. I saw that movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, friends and I used to get together and celebrate Bill Paxton because <laughs> he was so badass. but um, yeah, rest in peace, Billy. Um, but, <laughs> So this just completely opened the floodgates to like a whole different brain. It felt like at the time I looked back at my previous life before that first initial eight hour, five dried gram experience as robotic that I, I enjoyed things, but I only knew like, it's like I was in surface the, level. I was completely surface level about everything. And it wasn't that I, Oh, it's so hard to explain, Janet. It's but that's what we've been doing for thousands and thousands of years, trying to explain this experience that I think we had at a very pivotal pivotal moment in our in our human story as well. Like from the very beginning. Like I think that was what the biggest shock to me was about the psychedelic experience itself. And this happened to me on multiple trip occasions where this just absolute deadly solid fact that hits you and goes, Oh my God, wait a minute. Is this what religion 
Holy wait, every one of them? Oh my God. That's, that's it. It's this experience, this state of ecstasy that you can achieve under psychedelics. That's basically it. it's described in every single religion. And that experience that I had, I, I read every religious text. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Across the board. I listened to near death experiencers. I'm like, yep. And so I came into the conspiracy world in a, from many different directions, but this time with the podcast, I came in going, I know some shit and I, I found it first in my head right. and, then I, and now I've been mapping it onto what I can find out here and I've been discarding what doesn't fit. And I'm not saying I'm right about everything by no means. I'm not saying that, but that's at least how I'm coming at this. So mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I, I connected to a lot of the authors, a lot of the narratives that I found after doing psychedelics, because I was so desperate for a community and most of them were all just dead men talking about this experience and it all added up. It was, it was the same experience. So I know I'm rambling. So go, yeah. No, jump you're in. not. I just, <laughs> I just have to ask, um, because I, me personally, I've never done that. So this um, is a lot. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm super trippy in my own mind. And like, I'm very awake and alert to like everything around me. And I feel like my consciousness is pretty deep there you go. as it is already. So I'm like that, that could be like super it's <laughs> really, really weird for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it like, is it different each time that you do it? Because Absolutely. some people like, <laughs> you know, they said they've only done it once and they felt like they got what they needed and they don't ever do it again. And then there are people that have done it multiple times, but they said like each time afterwards, like they didn't feel like anything happened. Yes. And yes. And yes. So uh, it is different every time. Well, that narrows it down, damn it. So, so yeah. So every experience is different, but it's the same. And every chemical is very different, but it's the same. If And I know that is a little trippy. And it's, it's kind of funny because that's the Russian doll uh, effect of our reality here. Because it's not only on that level. But it's also the fact that like um, those same concepts, we can see it over and over and over again, where life is the same despite every different experience. Um, and that's kind of what the psychedelic experience is the same every time. It's that it's almost like, at least for me, from how I have perceived it, it's kind of like your brain or your mind or whatever gets wound up like a wind up toy. And then it just gets, it's like it gets restarted and then you just go wild. That's the only thing I can try to like put to it for like bro science, like trying to like go, maybe this is what's going on. Like, cause maybe we, like our mind gets restarted and as babies, we can't, we don't like, I have a three-year-old son, but when he was a few weeks old, he could only see so far or not at all. You know, and uh, suddenly 
the room starts taking shape for the baby and mm -hmm. it's very fuzzy and uh, the visual field is just starting to separate from the, the me inside. So it's still breathing and heaving everything around, around the little child. I can only imagine is, is vibrating and, and, and moving. And I, and you see it in movies. I shit, I watched uh, look who's talking. It like was on TV yeah. randomly uh, years later after psychedelics and watching little Mikey in the womb, see his hand. And obviously babies can't see at that point, but whatever he was seeing trails and they were playing like Steppenwolf. I'm like, Oh, there's, <laughs> there's that, there's that hidden little nugget. There's that hidden little nugget. Like, yeah. My kids were metal music balls. in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> or tripping balls. You're just a baby all over again or something. It's very weird. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. Shit. Well, um, yeah. So let me, yeah, I got it. I got it. Are, is it different from different experiences? Yes. I think the different part of it is that it will answer different questions that you have about yourself or, or you're going to be forced to see things that are happening inside of you that you have such an easy way to ignore when you're in, uh, what some people would refer to as like, uh, like reduction valve reality where, you know, everything's reduced down to a like survival, socio survival right. kind of level. Um, whereas this is kind of like throwing the floodgates open and letting all of reality kind of in, in a, in a certain way. You're still getting a, a veiled sense of reality because, uh, you know, you go deep into the, the philosophy of like Buddhism and stuff like that. It's almost like reality itself can never be seen. It can never be named, but we can constantly circle around it over and over and over again, trying to describe it in different ways. And that's kind of what we're doing through art. And I think, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm rambling again. No, but, you're not uh, yeah. rambling. It's uh, like, I want <laughs> to know, topic, the, you know, yeah, I want to know these things because, um, a lot of people that I know have done them mm -hmm. and everybody has a different experience. If you do, it everybody's too stories another. are different. If your experiences are too close to one another sometimes, uh, or if you got what you needed out of the first experience, uh, it, it is quite likely that you may get a dud experience following that. I know you mentioned people saying that, mm -hmm. um, I find that that's, you know, I used to think it was a tolerance thing, but that's not the case at all. After reading plenty of books by plenty of psychonauts who were doing plenty of psilocybin day after day or week after week, there's a little bit of a gradient there, but not enough where you're not going to get a transformative experience necessarily. It's just that you're only going to get what you need out of it. And that's where the, the metaphysics come into it because it's really about you. We have to keep in mind, and this is like scientifically proven because of the receptors we have in our brains that are like lock and key with these molecules, the psilocybin molecules, the MDMA, the, the um, lysergic diethylamide, you know, the, uh, LSD, it's all, they, they're lock and key with certain receptors in our brain. So the drug does not give the experience the the, the drug uh, allows the brain to say, Oh, okay. Or, ah, oh. <laughs> this is what's really going on. Drops their guard. It drops the guard down of the brain. I know there's. I know there's a lot of people that like pay, like a shaman or whatever, to do 
experiences and stuff because a lot of people will tell you that you have to be with like a trained shaman or whatever hmm. before you do like your first experience. And I was like, I live out in the middle of fucking Hicktown Hillbilly nowhere <laughs> and you are not going to find a shaman anywhere around here nor any place where you could go to like a quote retreat mm -hmm. for stuff like that. I mean, give me a break. Well, okay. So a couple things, first of all, I'm jealous because I would like to live in the middle of nowhere. I do not. And I, I love it. plan on it. Um, my life is going to be changing over the next couple of years, I believe in the positive direction of living more towards the middle of nowhere. So that's the first point. Sweet. Second of all, you'd probably be surprised, especially in the middle of nowhere, who you might find, especially in the way of a shaman. Um, what I'd like to say is, um, I'll start with a, like a quote from Terrence McKenna. And that was, don't follow gurus, follow plants. And I believe, you know, it may not have been Terrence McKenna. It may be his still living brother, Dennis McKenna, who's doing incredible work with the psychedelic community. Um, and uh, his work, I wish I could remember the name of his foundation or off the top of my head, but um, you know what? I'll, I'll put it out there soon just to spread the word. Cause he's a great guy. Anyway, follow the plants. Um, there's always a middleman, isn't there? Oh, no yeah. No matter what we're talking about, it doesn't matter if we go into politics, it doesn't matter if it's religion or literally anything we can talk about. The grocery store is your middleman. Everything that they, the big bad, quote unquote, they put, they put a mimicry right next to whatever is true and transformative and real and, and something that will help us knowledge that will help us is, is redacted and taken away and replaced by, by bullshit indoctrination. You know, it's, there's always the mimicry. So I would say that shaman can be good and shaman can be snake oil. It really, it's hard. It's very hard. And right. recently I'm, I'm actually not to go down a separate rabbit hole, but you know, there's a whole, there's a whole thing building right now. Uh, I'm having a conversation with a couple podcasters right now about uh, some, some hidden threads going on through the world of channeling that um, unfortunately may, may be a little nefarious. And I know that that's not an uncommon theme that anything new age is satanic, but Again, there is a mimicry there. There's some good stuff right. in there. Um, but I think at the very top levels, who you're seeing uh, is, uh, it's hard to trust anyone like that. You know, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to see someone like Sudguru trending on YouTube. Yeah. And see, I agree with that because a long time ago, I had, um, <clears throat> it was one of my episodes that I did with uh, my buddy, Jack Allen, can from conspiracy or just a coincidence. Oh, and cool. Okay, cool. we talked about, because he works like um, in a clinical trial place at a pharmacology or pharmaceutical corporation. And, you know, he knows the, the scoop inside and out, whatever, but hello, it's a job. So anyway, he was telling me, um, a long time ago about the mushrooms and how the pharmaceutical industry is really interested in the mushrooms specifically mm. and trying to mimic that in a medication. 
Right. So, and I was like, yeah. oh shit, that, of course, that's all you need. And oh, as a side note, mm-hmm. you mentioned um, Dennis McKenna. Yeah. It's called Hefter Research Institute. Mm-hmm. There it is. Okay. Thank you. So, there that. you go. I looked it up. Um, he's a um, mycologist, I believe. Uh, he's he's many things. He's got a few PhDs under his belt. Ethnopharmacology. Ethnopharmacology. Yeah. So so here's the thing. I have. I don't know, man. It's a deep well, and I'm still still trying to dig into that area, because what I'm seeing again is is a mimicry, and you know I know that we have MK Ultra, and I know that we have the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, right, willing and ready with open right. arms. Right. But we have to remember that we are the trend. Right. They are not the trend. They've always tried to convince us that their runway models and the this and the that, they're dragging our attention. I mean, they are, but it's because people don't realize that they're really, we are the trend. They need to follow our trends. And that's how they stay alive. So if we are accepting psychedelics like we did back in the 60s, then they are going to have to do something about it. Now, back then was a much, much different story and it's very convoluted, but I cannot deny the wisdom and the beauty that I found from, from the psychedelic experience that relates to so many themes that are being demonized even in our community at large, at least not in our, mm-hmm. our local kind of groups, but like, Oh, it's, it's there. Yeah. You know? And there, and there are, I mean, just like any community, whether it's the medical industry or podcasting, it makes no difference because there are good people mm-hmm. and there are people that are complete opposition, right. controlled opposition and put there purposely to, in my opinion, spread misinformation. Right. I totally agree. And it's, you know, and what you said is like a home run where you said, follow the plants. Mm -hmm. And that is such a big thing because being a retired nurse, teaching medical school, um, of course, they don't teach you in any of your coursework about, plants or herbals or dietary stuff or anything like that's not a part of the coursework thank you rockefeller foundation um (laughs) anyway but it's become such a huge thing and even you know with uh herbals and pharmacology and uh plant-based diets and you know all of these things that are trending and they're trending up so high people are are realizing what they can do for their own health. Mm. And I think because of that uptick in people having interest in, in taking back their health and getting away from pharmaceuticals, the pharmaceutical industry was dying. Hence the <coughs> jab corporations <laughs> that, you know, and that whole thing that came about because that literally has brought them trillions of dollars and so you know for a industry that was sputtering and gasping and and you know gagging for air that 
breathe new life to in, into their already failing business because everyone was leaving in droves being like, you know what, I don't have to take this poison anymore because I know that I can take these herbs or, or use these vegetables or get these essential oils or, you know, do things like vitamin D from the sun and zinc and all of these things that occur naturally. Yes. And that's what happened. Mm. I wholeheartedly, 100% from being an insider, I see that. Absolutely, dude. I totally agree. I mean, it makes sense. It's it's just that that mimicry. that It's like, so check it out. When I was younger, um, you know, someone smarter than me told me, you know, the reason why alternative energy isn't everywhere right now is because it's not, it's, it's, it's not there yet in the market and things like that. And he was right. He was absolutely right. As, as like narrow sighted as that perspective can seem in one degree of our lives, that is, that was absolutely true at the time. It was Mm -hmm. not, it wasn't getting the funding. It wouldn't get the funded. And the reason behind that for me and for many of us is simply because these types will run a system for as long as they can before we catch on to something that's better for us. Right. As soon as they catch on to that, that, and they do it quick because there's so many, you know, disinfo agents and and stuff like that or whatever, and tons of resources to dig and and find the truth. Now it's, it's just, they are able to get ahead of the, the curve and, and suck a lot of people into the mimicry of what, of what was coming naturally. So, mm-hmm. you know, like solar power and all this stuff that was talked about, you know, I mentioned zeitgeist, there was a whole chapter on how, you know, geothermal energy could potentially run the whole planet off mm-hmm. of like, you know, a billionth of what we use up in a day or whatever. It, it right. Just unbelievably paradigm shattering stuff. But, you know, all these things are holding us back, the current paradigm and this and that, which it was totally true. And now we see that the systems that we were so earnestly waiting for, we couldn't wait for this stuff is finally coming. But who is it coming from? And that was what I felt like with a lot of friends, you know, back five, six years ago, like, yeah, but look, look at like to, to make these alternative energies possible, they have to use fossil fuel systems to, to keep them running. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, it's a silly, it's a, it's a prank. It's a, it's theatrical. It's not real. It's just a new way to get your money and think that they came up with the solution to the old system. It's right. still the same system. I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking to the choir at this point. I guess I'm just, it's true I'm, though. Because, I guess I mean, what I'm doing is I'm relating it back to the psychedelics and the plants and the holistic medicine. It's the same damn thing over and over again. It's always the damn middle. And man. it is. And it's like, um, anything that they, that you could do, they can do better. Right. Right. Absolutely. That old saying where it's like, you know, fool me once, shame mm-hmm. on me, fool me twice you know, and it's like, you know, I think what they do a lot of times is rebrand or repackage or repurpose something that you could get on your own, like vitamin D. Hello, it comes from the sun. Highest source of vitamin D you can get is from the sunlight, but they made their synthetic version that you can buy at Walmart. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, in like grocery stores, like I saw some stat. Yeah. It wasn't even like a statistic. It was a meme. I'll admit it. So it's like anecdotal at best at this point. There was like 90% of what's in grocery stores didn't even exist 100 years right. ago. So it's like, True. even if you reduce that percentage down to like 65, being real liberal with it, just going to 65% of what is in grocery stores didn't even exist. It had to be created by humans and put there and obviously by rich, rich corporations that obviously have your best interest in mind. So like, even if it's not 90%, you know, it's, it shouldn't exist at all. It's a mimicry. It's a mockery. And maybe at one time it was, maybe this whole mockery at one time was meant for something good. Maybe it was well-intentioned at some point. I would love to think that at some point, these conspiracy theories go back to something pure and that we're taking the wrong way. I'm not saying that the elites are good people or whatever, but what I'm saying is even them, I feel like they are misinterpreting something, but I could be way off. I hope, I hope that it came from something pure because the way it's looking like is that something real creepy was going on a long time ago because Mm -hmm. we're talking about this rebranding thing you mentioned. I mean, let's, let's take a step outward to like the next level up in the Russian doll, you know, like the bigger doll right? where entire society can be rebranded. Cause I'm sure you've heard about Tataria. And oh yeah. These redacted history uh, themes going, going through our community and stuff. That stuff is really gaining ground. I don't know what to make of it yet, man. It's, it's nuts. Well, and even like our, our history, because uh, the history that I learned in school is completely different than the history that they teach now. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I had a much better grasp on history and things that actually happened because the era that I grew up in, like it wasn't so uh, indoctrinated and, you know, changed and stuff. And I even saw it like, with my daughter when she was in junior high school and she had history homework and I'm like, okay, so let's, let's look through what are you learning? It's like chapters on Michael Jackson and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's like more of like art history, you know, music history. That is not history history. You need to be learning about, you know, like what is the great wall of China? What was it there for? You know, what was, you know, the separation in Germany? What was all that stuff? And like, none of that was in their books. Like certain wars were in their books. So I would make her look stuff up and come back to me and tell me what she found. That's, and we would good. discuss it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be having to do that because I'm going to be homeschooling. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And Please I love don't that send your children I love that there's really no stigma to it anymore at all. Like there used to be a real stigma like, oh, it's going to be the weird kid. Like, huh, hope so. Mm. <laughs> oh, that independent kid doing his own thing. And, and, and yeah, I'm going for that. And that I know that independent oh, kid that knows more than any other kid on the block. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to hear the arguments from the other side because I've seen them, every one of them obliterated by incredible people that I have met in this community. Right. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that. history is an incredible thing. And that's another, yet another topic that my psychedelic experiences threw me open to that I really didn't, I didn't care much. I really liked the pyramids when I was a kid. I thought they were really cool. Still do. 
But, you know, beyond that, before Sykes, I wasn't really, eh, whatever, history. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's all lies. It has to be. Oh, my right. God. <laughs> you know, and oh, that rabbit hole. Holy crap. I mean, that's the thing. There's so many different levels, even in our community, because like you have one group that will be conspiratorial talking about, you know, Trump getting taken out of office because he was a good guy. And then you have another level possibly saying, yeah, but wait a minute. That guy was, he's, he's, he's an evil Jesuit that was he's, out he's, to destroy this United States. <laughs> he's with all these evil people anyway, right? I mean, so, and then you go to another level and it's like, well, wait a minute, this political game is full of shit. And then you yeah. go to another level and you go, oh, wait a minute, the legal system was full of shit. And then you go to the maxims of our laws and you look into oh, the yeah. stuff that Clint Richardson has exposed about our, our maxims and what they've completely hidden from us about everything. So, and then you look into even a further level, you start getting into bloodlines and you mm -hmm. start getting into who actually owns this place from the very beginning. Right. And then a lot of those lower, lower levels of, of uh, conversation, the flags start, stop getting waved because they start to realize, well, wait a minute. Whoa. While we were being shown the Democrats were the bad guys and we were crowding towards Trump. And then, you know, the next level is like, well, then when we were just, you know, trying to, to, to be the silent majority here and, and hope that better day, maybe a third party would, would no, wait a minute. That system's completely fucked on purpose. Isn't it funny how like, you know, and I'm all for it. Like I'm not bashing anyone. So please understand that. But Me like, it's so funny how like everyone has a different take on something, but that's what I love about things because you, if you all think exactly the same, you have a very boring society. You <laughs> have a very boring life. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's those uh, changes or differences in opinion that give you the ability to have these discussions and maybe you'll blow someone's mind or maybe they'll think you're crazy afterwards. It doesn't matter <laughs> because everybody's entitled to an opinion and no opinion should ever be forced on you. Like ever. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, and that's just the way it is. I mean, there's, there's shows that some people like and, and those same shows I can't listen to because they irritate me. You know what I'm saying? It's like if we all, like everybody had to like death metal. Oh my you know God. what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I have sought out so many other genres of music to enjoy just to right. get, get along with other people. Right. You know? And that's, and that's the whole thing is you have to be adaptive Um but still always remain with your values and your morals intact. Yeah, um, I posted so. kind of something about that yesterday. And it's one of those things where you really have to not worry about everyone else and conforming to like everyone else and what they're doing Do you, because it makes your life so much more happy and drama free. Like we have no drama and maybe it's because we have no bag of fucks to give. I don't really know, <laughs> possibly because we're older, but it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you, you like, um, oh, what's that music? Uh, 
K-pop. You like mm-hmm. K-pop? I am not a K-pop fan. I'm a metal fan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can still have a conversation. Oh, absolutely. Just probably yeah. not about music. <laughs> Definitely. Right, right. Or at least like the nitty gritty, like down into our deepest loves. And yeah, music is so passionate too, you know. And oh, movie, yeah. movies, you know, film, you know. It's it's all very personal, I think. And uh, man, I, I oh, just attaching it to psychedelics <laughs> so because that's kind of our main topic you know movies there's so many good references in there and i i see a lot of the oh it's all just predictive programming well maybe for some yeah. on some level but i think uh you know another level you know like something like the matrix could be predictive programming but at the same time um the people that weren't paying attention to the fine print where it was actually, you know, the whole revolution was part of the system. Right. Um, when the people that didn't get that little twist at the end, because a lot of people didn't. And a lot of people just went, oh, sweet. The good guy wins, you know, but a lot of us were going, <laughs> like, right? oh, look at that. That just brought me to a whole new thing where, uh, you know, a contrived revolution a contrived good guy, a contrived war, a contrived anything. It's, and I hate when I see all these government documents referring to war as theater. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really weird because what we know about their wordplay in every other category and, and everywhere else that they love using that kind of wordplay to sneak in little messages here and there. Right. And, we see it there too. And it's just, it's, I don't know, we're going off into weird directions, but <laughs> it's well, all relevant, not, right? Yeah, not really, because you know how a lot of times, like the government and institutions and even like large groups and stuff will be like, um, a certain uh, music or certain movies or this or that. Uh, will make you manifest uh, personality traits or behavior things. Remember when they blamed, um, well, you probably, you may not, but like back in my day, like uh, a Tipper Gore went after, you know, like the ratings for music and all that stuff. And then they went after video games and like that whole thing. And it's like the, the medical industrial complex likes to blame um, music or video games or movies or whatever for manifestations in your psyche. And, you know, that accounts for your behavior or your depression or your anxiety or something. <clears throat> it's because you're doing these things or watching these things that are making you behave in a, in a certain way. Mm, yeah. What do you think about that? Because I think that's total horseshit. I don't think it's total horseshit. Not, I mean, so again, there's there's that mimicry, but there's also something true in there. Because exposing yourself to violence and negativity all the time is, I mean, if you if you think of these things on the extreme level, it's easier to kind of judge it with the shades of gray. Sometimes, sometimes, but like, yeah, sure. Well, I guess I mean, if you're I'm watching like, like shit on the deep web, that's like, you know, snuff <laughs> films or something. Also, it's so here's, here's what they're not 
they're giving like little half truths in, in those like PSAs and, and stuff about like violent video games and stuff, tip or gore acting like the good caring right. person or whatever. But the, the other side of it is it's interesting though, because it, it is half of that. Like I think twice now with what I'm showing my son and I, I say this in no offense to my, my father introducing me to little pixels shooting other pixels called doom back in 1993. It's not the same world anymore. Doom now rebooted is a living nightmare and it's awesome. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I love all that stuff, but I'm, I've escaped the programming perhaps. I mean, right. that's, that's my paradigm. So I think here's the thing. I totally believe in manifestation. I'm totally way out there with the spiritual stuff and the vibrations and all that. Right. I am, I am, but I think there's also a total psyop spider webbed in that whole world. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the problem is that it's hard to trust certain things when it comes to this idea of like violence and video games and and movies and they're constantly giving it to us it's the same narratives that we talk about about fear that they're pushing fear on us they're pushing fear on us uh so there is relevance there unfortunately uh, because you know maybe i'm more conspiratorial where my son might end up being more if he even is open to the stuff, you know, he might be just more relaxed and more spiritual. And I don't know, I'm not sure how it may affect a second generation differently without violence as much. I think about some of the like serial killers though, like Jeffrey Dahmer, um, where, you know, he grew up in, in church and he grew up in a religious home, you know, and had like family that loved him and stuff. And it was like always at church and, you know, always a really good student and stuff. But he was born with that. And he even says that like in all the interviews where he was born with that just desire to like, you know, and it started on animals and he would cut up like family pets and, you know, things like that and mutilate things because he was born with that desire to do so. That's why I said a lot, I think a lot of that stuff is bullshit where the industry blames like the medical people blame all of these other things. Oh, well it's this causing your problem or it's that causing your problem. Even if you may watch, you know, five hours of movies a week and that's it. Well, you know what I mean, I'm saying? So I, I missed what I was going to, I for, I did, I trailed off as I do often. It's, it's a lovely you thing. You did not trail do. off. It was perfectly fine. It made <laughs> I sense. Spiral. I like to spiral out or in who knows. But, um, I, uh, the point I was going to make about the half truths that they tell you, the other side of that whole situation is that like on a very subconscious level, we, the brain doesn't really know the difference between good or bad. It's just taking in information and accepting it as real. So what, what a lot of um, the spiritual teachings will say, doesn't matter what tradition um, around the world, they'll basically say that, you know, living in, in harmony and peace and, and, and living without 
violence and stuff like that is, is the better way because it's like an like even our words are infectious like oh, and when yeah, you yeah. and the so when you you build it from the ground up any kind of negativity and you can use any good example for yourself that you find like something that can you know can set you off and and ruin your whole damn day like just use that as an example uh, not a single positive thing will ruin your whole goddamn day <laughs> like it could it could lead you somewhere that you it, might have a it's bad a series thing. of things you know what i mean what i'm saying is like the two polar opposites good and bad i mean negativity itself is just bad and when right. when you you start to see and i'll rope it right back into the psychedelic experience because man that i see the, like the 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 different layers of this experience that are actually going on all at the same time it's almost like perhaps the conspiracy theory could be completely correct and completely false at the same time. Almost. That's how many layers to this thing are going on. Um, psychically, uh, psychedelically, I guess you could say where it's, um, and see this time I did lose my train of thought. <laughs> bring me back. Janet, me. Bring me back. Ah, no, but like I, I tell my daughter this all the time. I like you got to get to the point in your life where you don't let all these little things like irritate you, mm-hmm. you know, like me, if I have a, like a day where like one thing after another goes wrong, I just laugh about it. Cause I'm like, oh, okay, well tomorrow's going to be better. But I tell my daughter that all the time. Cause she'll be like, you will not believe what happened. Like, my toilet started to overflow. My icebreaker broke and like all these things. And I'm like, dude, it's nothing you can't fix. All you have to do is like plunge the toilet, clean it up. It's no big deal. Mm. Yeah. Look up how to fix an ice maker. Like it'll be okay. It's going to be fine. If you can't fix it, you know, there's going to be somebody else that can like nothing is that big of a deal where it should ever affect you on that level where it changes your personality and knocks your being out of what it's supposed to be. Right. I think equilibrium wise. I told, yeah, that was, that was really well said. I think that was beautiful. Um, because it really is our equilibrium that we need to kind of keep in mind with all this stuff with it. You know, I think it's important and this is getting talked about a lot more these days, which is great is the, you know, conspiracy theories on one end, but maybe do a little mindfulness at the end of the day or right. something like that, you know, start to be more mindful. Even if you're not a meditator, you don't have to be, you know, meditation is just literally the practice of trying to be calm. Right. And let, let thoughts flow past you and arise and fall and then try more and more and more as time goes on to bring that mentality into your everyday life. It's not necessarily about the meditation. Meditation is practice for just living peacefully. And I think it's a, a friend of mine who's like kind of my mentor in the meditative world and the Eastern mystic mystic kind of world. He loves, he, he he once said to me, Dying is completely safe. <laughs> and I love True. that because yeah. when you get there, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. It's, it's just a whole thing where 
we, our core is peace. And I think right. that's what we're all desperately trying to get back to here. And along the way, we have to go crazy, see everything for what it is and how far away from home we really are. Tell all our friends who are just wandering about that, hey, you're lost too. And then eventually, unfortunately, we got to wave goodbye to the ones who don't believe us at some point right. and, yeah. and, head, and start heading home. You know, and on the lines of the meditation, mm -hmm. you know, my meditation, um, I was telling you before the show, like, I do not do any social media at all in the morning and usually not until late in the afternoon, sometimes not until nighttime. And I, I have a very limited time that I will spend on it. So when I get up in the morning, I go outside and I sit under our covered uh, patio area. And I just watch like the deer, the turkey, the birds. Uh, I listen to the wind in the trees or the hay fields or, you know, in the forest or like any of that stuff. And that is my grounding time. And so, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, did you see what I posted on Instagram? two minutes ago and I'm like, nope, and I won't because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't Good. do that. I mean, I, that's my routine every day. I get up, I do that first thing in the morning, you know, and then once I feel like I'm grounded and centered, then I'll come inside and make breakfast or, you know, do whatever chores I need to do or whatnot. But that is like a daily thing. And so many people, I think, it's important them for them to find that quote meditation or calming or balancing time where you can just get back to you and ground yourself and be like, you know what, look around you, like look how many beautiful things are around you. Listen to, you know, whatever noises, birds chirping, squirrels chat chattering, you know, whatever. And, and just let that, be your centering focus. Beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, uh, I think that's what we're all striving for a little piece of heaven now instead of later, you know? Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that, you know, you, you mentioned, um, Buddhism and mysticism and stuff like that. Yeah. So, this is a question you can or cannot answer directly. Um, like, do you have belief in God or are you more of like the, the spiritual realm type? I'm here to finally put it, the kibosh on those, on that difference and that <laughs> duality, because it really, for anyone who has classically said, I don't really believe in God, but it doesn't matter. Spiritual, you're talking about the same damn thing. Don't you use the right. word spirit because guess what? You can go all the way back to the very roots of that word and it's not going away. And the root of God is basically to conjure the word God is like a pre-Germanic word, basically meaning manifest to right. manifest. It's a verb, believe it or not. So right. God, I have been using ever since my psychedelic experiences specifically because that took me away from the atheism train. Right. And literally that's, that's what we'd opened me up to like questioning some stuff. So I was questioning the surface level 
of religion. That's there on purpose as a surface level. So you right. throw it away. So you get with the transhumanists, atheist scientists. It's just been a coup this whole time to let it's this. They've just put fake shit in front of you to argue about one or the other. Right. And then it's neither. It's hilarious. So God, um, you know, it's, it's kind of creepy. You can look at like the Freemasonic interpretation of it, the Rosicrucian. You can go back to these ancient society, these secret societies who we, we are convinced are completely evil and maybe they are being run by bad folks. I mean, there's talk of, you know, a constant ever going duel between good and light and darkness. And obviously right. they would want control of these institutions, good or bad. Right. Oh, so definitely. if you can get down with the red versus blue from our politics all the way out to everything we see, it's always, right. always that, that, uh, this versus that, you know, but, uh, God itself is literally everything. It's you. It's hard to even call it. It's a thing or a him or a she or this or that. It's God your belief system. Yeah, I, yeah. It's it's the hidden it's world. The, it's yeah. It's like the the higher. Um, I'm gonna say energy or vibration yeah, that you that you believe in. Right. Um. Because and that way you can jive with anybody because yeah. if you're, if you're able to accept that word, God, I like to use God. Oh, and I, I think yeah. for a while it was ironic just to piss off my atheist friends, but I would use it because I accept that as meaning a personal God or, or a higher self, right. you know, whatever you want to conjure for yourself, whatever you want to make manifest, because that's literally the message that all these spiritual teachings are teaching if you can understand the language they're using there's Jesus was saying open up your third eye man do right. some do some inner shadow work bro right. <laughs> he was talking some mystical shit yeah and see that's the thing because um like people that are really into whatever their religious organization is. Like I said, I was raised a Catholic. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I am here to tell you, I am not a fan of the Catholic church. <laughs> yeah, not. Um, after a lot of, a lot of research, uh, did a giant episode um, with conspiracy or just a coincidence about that, about mm -hmm. the Vatican and all of that stuff. But a lot of, a lot of different religious sects will tell you that, uh, you're a bad a Baptist or a bad Methodist or a bad Christian or a bad Catholic or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. If you don't come into their building or church to worship. Right. Now, here's my thing. I don't need a building to have the connection that I do. And I also do not believe at all you know, that, um, like I have no worries because I have, a you know, I have my faith and I have my belief and I know that I'm going to be fine regardless yeah. because it's going to be something beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And yes. a lot of people get so tied into that. It, like, oh my God, you don't go to church. You don't get tidings. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we need a new, you know, place built. And so 
Like if you're not coming, shame on you. Mm. Oh my God, you're getting divorced because that goes against the doctrine. The doctrine of who? Right. Like who made that doctrine? You did. Mm. You did. People, men did. You did. That's it's not so mine. Hard to convince you know what I'm people, saying? You know, yeah, I totally agree. And and it's interesting about <laughs> you know the synchronicities, dude. I love it. Uh, about the Catholic Church, you know, they have a giant pine cone in the center of the Vatican Square, <laughs> and I, I know what that is. Yeah, that's that's the pineal gland. Yeah. That's it's your third eye. That's our third eye. Now, of course, <laughs> they have a lot of symbology in the Vatican. Do. That's the thing, though. It's it's we we look at the people that are running the Catholic Church, and then we unf- I, I, we don't blame anyone for looking at these symbols and going ah, <laughs> you know. And even the third eye, you know, it's 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 the all seeing eye, the the Illuminati, right? It's Right. That's a hijacked symbol. Just like right. the just like the swastika is hijacked. And you right. know, we all, oh, we all heard oh, the story. Yeah. We all heard the story when we were growing up, like, oh, isn't that weird that uh, a Buddhist peace symbol was twisted to be used for the Nazis? But it, a it wasn't lot of just probably a, do not know that. But it was but it goes deeper than that because it wasn't it wasn't the symbol for peace, or maybe at one time in one area it was the symbol for peace. But the thing is the swastika, the, which I, that's, that's a, a modern name for something very, very old. And I can't remember the original name for it, but the, this is the, the religious sect. It was seen. like, it was, what was it? J, Jadism or something that existed Maybe. as the first like Eastern religion before uh, be Taoism, that, Buddhism and, that makes sense. and if, Hinduism. You know that right. was like their first and they're the ones that had the, the swastika. Of, uh, I believe yeah. it was the first sect that branched off of uh, Hinduism because Buddhism is an offshoot of, of Hinduism, basically. I mean, people will get mad when I say that, but I mean, the doctrines are so similar, but over time the Buddhists were like, yeah, you guys are saying everything's an illusion except this suspicious self. Well, we don't buy that either. So we're throwing that out and creating our own thing. You know, uh, that's what Buddha is all about. It's uh, relinquishing even the self itself from existence into a world of, ex- of extract of abstraction. You know, and it's so funny because like. Um, a lot of like the ancient symbolism and stuff, like you were talking with the swastika and it used to, it came from this religious group, you know, and it, it was their peace sign. And then it was hijacked by Nazi Germany. It goes beyond peace. It originally, it was a symbol that represented a spiral, but more importantly, a toroidal field which coincidentally is the same energy system patterns and flows that the earth has around it. It's also the same energy system pattern that the human body supposedly has around it. Right. So this is much more important than just a peace symbol because think about what they did to the most important suppressed thing about our connection to the earth. They, they put it into this, story about the most evil thing that ever happened it's unbelievable yeah and it's funny because like that 
that symbol that you were talking about and what it used to mean, that is uh, Eastern medicine, you know, and that is like uh, the the healing chakras, uh, Reiki, things like that, that, that is all what that relates to. And I'm telling you, uh, when one part of your body chakra is off, the entire rest of your body is out of whack. Damn right. And let me tell people may think that's nuts, but you, you have different energy levels coming from each portion of your body and the heart chakra is extremely important. And that controls a lot of stuff in your body. So I'm just yeah. saying. The the science is backing that up. Trust me. And now granted, oh, there does. is some science or some scientists that um, are, you know, confirming this kind of stuff. But then these guys are like paid chills. So no, no, these guys are like paid chills. <laughs> so they can use this information in bad ways too. You know what right. I mean? So like, but the baseline, other than, EMF like, weapons. You, know, you know, fuck that, that you can do that kind of shit. Absolutely. Or, you know, but like the baseline of it is that the, it is real. These ancient teachings can and will be put into practice. And, you know, we're finding the same systems out about like the pyramids and things like that, that these were possibly some kind of energy system it, right. uh, chambers that, you know, that would transform the, the, the consciousness of, of anyone around it or perhaps. But um, what I wanted to say real quick to connect it back to the idea that the negative movies and the negative video games and stuff that you and I clearly love the shit out of all of right. that stuff. Um, just, <laughs> to, just, to give you, just to give you another perspective on it, think about it. You're, you seem very open and willing to accept the idea of all the chakra systems and the energy systems. Oh, definitely. Yep. So the more you learn about those systems, the more you learn about all the energy coming into you and right. the types of energy that you're exposed to. These energy systems don't know the difference between real and not real. Uh, fight or flight. You can, you, your brain goes into that in a horror, you know, during a horror, not us. We've watched too many horror movies, but you know, I, know. I, mean. I just so, laugh. <laughs> so unfortunately there is a good amount of truth to that. So, and I think a but lot of us have escaped that programming and we've been able to get back to nature and find inner peace and, and be able to laugh at these sort of things. Like you're saying about the, the B, the B horror movies that are just so fun to laugh at it, all the crazy orange gore and stuff, you know? I don't even think they're B. I think it's more <laughs> like G. <laughs> yeah. Have you but seen that's... Birdemic? B-I-R-D-E-M-I-C. Oh, it's boy. the greatest thing. We'll I've have ever to witnessed. we'll have to put that on our list because yeah. I'm sure it will give me a chuckle and oh, a half. Great. But that's one of the things, though, is that um, which I talk about a lot is uh, that we are the energy beings, and that is why they have always like everybody thinks about the transhumanist agenda as mm-hmm. being like merging us with computers mm-hmm. we are the supercomputers because our brain is the most intellectually uh charged we are the most highly charged energy beings on the planet Absolutely. and that is why and i said this a long time ago and people thought i was insane I was like, that is why they want to merge us with other species 
it is because they need that transhuman effect. They need like mice, monkeys, pigs. Uh, what was it? I can't remember. My husband was telling me something the other day and he's like, there's another one to put on. Oh, monkey. Yeah. The monkey human. Oh, um, he was telling me about the other day and I was like, and that is what I've been saying for a very long time. It's us. We mm. are the target thing and we are always, it's not, it's not merging us with technology. It's merging other things with us because we are the technology and we are the uh, intelligence and, hmm, you know, energy and we have the vibration and the energy frequencies and we resonate with the earth and we resonate with the surroundings around us. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I haven't really thought about that angle before about the, like the yeah. reason why the the interspecies combinations are coming out. I didn't think about that. I actually uh -huh. haven't really spent enough time on it to like kind of think deeply on it and kind of gauge like, why would I show this to people? What would I be trying to, because I mean, they're, they're pushing the cyborg shit real hard. Oh yeah. So I, I mean, that seems like a very big, uh, you know, distinction and to get it you know? get a chip and plant that is not for the computer to control you totally mm -hmm. that is for the computer to get whatever information that they can out of you because you yes. are the supercomputer yes and they're going to use that as a future uh, weapon against the people, kind of like the EMF weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I almost, I almost wonder if like using the like weapons and stuff against us in that way would almost be like a byproduct. I don't know. It's weird. It's this is fun to 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 ponder. You know, going off in these <laughs> these cyborg realms because you know I've been I've been reading a lot about the well I'm starting to anyway and my God there's so much about the Internet of Bodies and, and blockchain and all these terms that are flowing in it's just oh yeah it's complicating things and I guess what I what I want to bring it back around to is that I think the reason why we're always like we're always one step behind and we're just, we inevitably just have to watch these things happen and play out. We, we're never on, we're never the ones stopping it. And we're never the ones, you know, our episodes are not like this episode is about the coup we stopped. You know, <laughs> it's unfortunately never that. And it's like, we're always one step behind here. And I think it's not because they're so far ahead. I don't think that at all. I think it's mainly because reality itself is ever unfolding and complexifying in the ways we pay attention to whatever we, and that's another thing that I got out of psychedelics is that and this is a beautiful little mini story that, that Terrence McKenna once told about how he was, you know, blasted on mushrooms alone in his closet. Like he used to love to do. And <laughs> burst out into the you know his house uh, in the middle of the night while his son and wife were sleeping and exclaimed a song is a song because he had found the secret of the universe and the thing is is i related to that so intensely because i found the secrets of life in a teardrop on the top of my eyelash and then another time 
it happened inside of you know the wood grain on my desk and it doesn't matter which piece we focus on it just continues and continues to unfold into this unbelievable complex thing and it's all the same thing it's very weird you know they talk about in quantum physics the timelessness and no space and at the beginning of the big bang all time and space was condensed to a single a single point and it's like well what they're talking about is basically like the next Russian doll taking a massive breath in and then boom, breathing out. And that's kind of my way of thinking about it. And I, I like that because it, it fits with a lot of the religious stories, you know, and the big bang mm-hmm. was, was a Pope's, it came from a Pope. So, or maybe not a Pope, but like an archbishop or something. He came up with the idea or whatever. He was working with scientists at the time. So it's oh, like, it's all intermingled. <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. There's a shock. Hmm. And that's another problem. Like we're distrusting all of science now. And I think that's a bi- another byproduct that they're just hoping for. You know, they're hoping that the good science will be left, you know, will be throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And that's right. kind of their goal in everything, including the psychedelics, including the uh, the new age. They will poison the well, no matter oh, yeah. what the well is. But the well was once clean. And if you can get back to that source, I think we can combine a lot of different topics and and really start to to get a better grasp on this whole picture. I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. So my dear, it has been a wonderful blessing talking with you this evening. I feel like I could talk to you for like 24 hours straight. Dude. So that would, this is awesome. That would be um, creepy for our families. They'd be like, what? You're still on there. Yep. Man. We're not done yet. Come back tomorrow. There's more. It's ever (laughs) unfolding. There's so much shit to talk about. It's insane. So tell them, my lovely friend, where can they find you at? Everyone, you can find me at the Deep Share on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and Odyssey. And uh, yeah, not a lot, but I have, I've been on uh, Union of the Unwanted. I've been blessed with an invite with those guys are so awesome. I was saying this to Kyle just today. I think I posted it to him because I was like, it's so great when, when uh, the varsity team lets us practice with them. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I told him, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, congratulations. Like, I just love it. He's been on Tripoli and he was on that. And I just love Kyle and like Kyle was one of like our, our best friends, like from the get go. Mm -hmm. And so we used to have a lot of uh, fun, fun conversations. Like at night he would FaceTime us and, and get drunk in the garage and call. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, yeah, we're doing a talk. He and I very soon as well. And I can't wait because he is his his content is right up my nerd alley. I mean, Star Wars, oh, it's precious. It's precious to my heart. And the hero's journey and all that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my shit. But yeah, I'm at the Deep Share. You can find me. Come him say and it. I Please. did. Please, him and I hi. did a show on the Lord of the Rings before. That's awesome. Well, it's the same thing, right? I mean, it's yeah. the hero's path. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it's just again that story. It's uh, it's wonderful. I love love this community. 
Uh, and thank you so much for having me on. Love your show. This is great. Why, thank you. So what podcast apps are you on, my dear? I'm on, I know I'm on Spotify. I'm on CastBox. I'm on uh, Stitcher, I believe. Uh, God, there's a few others. I'm honestly not are you sure. On I Apple? know that I am on Apple. Yes. I know that Amazon rejected me. Bezos <laughs> didn't like me or, you know, didn't notice, but they're he's rejected. off in outer space in his giant dildo. I've been rejected a lot, so it's okay. <laughs> I've heard. I've, and, you know, I'm take it as a badge of honor at this point, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm patting myself on the back. Now, if someone will send me a cookie to go with that, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah. So right. anyway, I appreciate you joining me today. We need to have some future conversations because this was fantastic. We got to get you on uh, my show too. You can follow the podcast on Spotify now. Hello. And pretty soon it's going to be back up on Apple. Whoa. That's a secret. So, yeah, I've worked really hard and it's been a year now. So, mm-hmm. try Castbox. It's yeah, a I've been audience uh, there too. Been working hard on that, but uh Thank you, everybody who likes, subscribes, and downloads and follows religiously. You can also follow me on Alt Media United and big things to come in the future for all of us, I'm sure. So stay peaceful, stay grounded, love each other. And for me and for Andy, peace out. See you next time. Trust yourselves. Bye. <laughs>